Acts chapter 10, I, I want to I start out with this story. And I want to introduce you to, to two men. Because there's a story before we get to the scripture that I want to read with you tonight, and that's verse 34. A lot of things happen in the, verse, in the first 33 verses. And I'm going to tell you something. You guys are going to go through a whole chapter of the Bible tonight, and we're going to do it in about 20 minutes. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So here's, what, here's the story. I, w- I want to introduce you to two men. I want to introduce you to a man named Cornelius and a man named Peter. When we meet Cornelius, we, we find in Scripture that this man, he's a centurion, he, he's in the Italian regiment, and this guy, it says in Scripture in the first few verses that, that his, his family was devoted to God, that he was a generous man, and he prayed to God on a regular basis. And what we find in this story is that about three in the afternoon, he has an encounter with an angel. And what happens is that these offerings and his generosity and how he's leading his family, God has, God has seen that. And, and God shows up in a form of an angel and, and he says, Cornelius. And Cornelius is kind of taken back. He's afraid in this moment. He's like, what, Lord? Like, what is it, Lord? And God begins to say, I, I've, I've seen your generosity. I've seen how you've led your family. I've seen how you prayed. And and in this moment, he says, hey, I need you to go to Joppa, and I need you to send men to find a man by the name of Simon Peter. He's down by the sea, and he's hanging out with a man named Simon, uh, Simon the Tanner. Right? And so, without hesitation... This angel disappears and Cornelius, he summons these two, these three men. He summons two servants and a soldier. And he says, hey, I need you to go down by the sea to Simon the Tanner's house and I need you to go get Peter. And so they do. They go to Joppa, they go down by the sea and they, they, they're on their journey to go find Peter. Meanwhile, Peter, he's chilling. He's, he's down by the sea, hanging out with Simon Tanner. He's probably on vacation. Who knows? I don't know. He could even be rocking a Hawaiian shirt for all I know, right? He's chilling. And so it's, it's you know, lunch is being made, and Peter starts to begin to be hungry. Y'all ever been hungry before? You know that last period in class before lunch, and you're like, oh, my goodness, can I get some food? Right? And what happens is that, you, maybe, maybe your mind goes into a trance and you start to kind of daydream. Well, this is what happened to Peter. He, 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 began, he, he began to, his mind was in a trance, but this was a divine trance. And, and, and there was, this is what happened. The heavens in, in scripture, it says that, that they opened and there was a large sheet of animals, four-footed animals that started ascending down to the earth. And Peter saw this, and the dude was hungry, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, there was birds, there was reptiles, there was all sorts of things on there. And, and he sees this vision, and he hears a voice, and it says, get up, Peter, go kill and eat. Pretty tempting, right? Especially if you're hungry. But he said, he said Lord, he said, Lord, surely not. Surely not. Scripture says that Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Jews, he was a Jew. He, did, he couldn't eat things like that. It wasn't, it wasn't right. And so here we find that Peter is kind of arguing back and forth, and he's telling the Lord, I can't eat anything like that. And then there's the voice that speaks again. 
And this is so significant because the voice says, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. And then there's a third time this happens. And immediately the sheet goes up back into heaven and disappears. And Peter's confused, man. He's confused. He's like, what in the world does that mean? What in the world does that mean? And so he, he ponders this vision of, of, of you know, <laughs> this sheet coming down and these, these animals being on here and, and this voice telling him, don't call anything impure that I have made clean. What does this mean? And then, you know, the men, right? That, that Cornelius said, hey, I need you to go to uh, find Peter. Three soldier, or two, one soldier and two servants. And they show up at his house. And they're looking for Simon Peter. And then the, the voice comes back. And the voice says, hey, Simon, three men are looking for you. And in this moment, I need you to get up and go downstairs. And the voice disappears again. And what does Peter do? He gets up and he goes downstairs. And there's the three men who are coming to look for him. And, and scripture says, <laughs> he said, Peter says, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men explain that there has been a vision from Cornelius, a vision from God. God told Cornelius that, hey, we need to come get you because you have something to say. And Peter invited him in to the house. And then the next day they left for Caesarea back to Cornelius' house. Mm. That's where it gets good. They're on this journey. It took them about a day to get there. And when they showed up, when Peter showed up at the house, Cornelius was expecting Peter. And what Cornelius did is he invited guests into the house. He invited his family into the house and they were eagerly awaiting his arrival. And scripture says that Peter, when he entered the door, Cornelius, he fall flat on his knees in his hands in reverence to Peter. And this is unbelievable because Peter, <laughs> what did he do? He said, he said, get up. I'm just a man like you. And in this moment, Peter goes on to explain to Cornelius that Hey, listen, and all the people in the room, he's like, hey, I, I hope that you're, you're well aware that, that this is against our law, the Jewish law, to be with Gentiles, to be with your kind of people, right? To visit Gentiles, but God, Peter says this, but God's shown me that I could not call anyone impure or unclean. Remember the vision that Peter had? That was the moment. I'm gonna give you a hint. Jesus has something to do with this, of why Peter couldn't call anybody impure or unclean anymore. And then Peter asks, why have, you, why have you sent for me? And Cornelius goes on to explain the vision again. I want you to know something about this invitation that, that, that Peter received from Cornelius. Usually when someone looked for somebody like that, especially Cornelius or Roman, that, that sort of thing, they were out because they either wanted to arrest them, beat them, or kill them. And this invitation, I'm sure, made Peter a little uncomfortable, but guess what? 
Peter went anyway because he knew that God told him to go. And so he acted out of obedience to go. So Peter shows up and this is where I wanna dive into scripture. So grab your Bibles, verse 34. And I wanna read you what Peter says because this is the moment that changed everything for the guests and Cornelius' family. Peter began to speak because in verse 33, we see that God, Cornelius says, now that we are in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us, this is what Peter was told to tell them. Then Peter began to speak and he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent for the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power and how he went around Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. It's the story of the gospel. It goes on to say, we are the witness of everything that he did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead and caused him to be seen. Peter says, he was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. This is after he rose from the grave and he met certain people after this. And then 42, or 41 says, he was not seen by all people, but witnesses of whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, he began to, for us to preach to people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone, this is huge, that everyone who believes and receives forgiveness, everyone who believes in him and receives forgiveness of sin through his name. You see, throughout this story, Peter realizes, and he knows it's true that God does not show favoritism. If you look back at first, the first verse that we read in 34, he says, now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts everyone from every nation. Everyone from every nation who fears him and does what is right. And H12, that's what I believe that God wants to share with us tonight. And I'm gonna put it this way that in our family, in the H12 family, in the family of 12 stone, in the family of the church, in the family of God, we don't show favoritism, only forgiveness. Only forgiveness. And so I wanna pray and I wanna ask God to, to continue to be with us tonight as we continue to have this conversation. But I couldn't help but share that story with you because this is the catalyst of us realizing what is gonna happen in these next few moments. So pray with me. God, we love you. We're thankful for you. Man, we're thankful that you sent your son. 
And we ask you to be with us through these next few moments. And man, I'm thankful that people are here to party tonight. It's gonna be fun. God, be with us and go before us. We ask this all in your name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to party. Hey, I love, I love, I love parties. I love parties. Does anybody love parties in here? Yes. I love parties. Parties are awesome. Parties are awesome. Um, in fact, uh, <laughs> listen, if we could do this every week, I honestly would do this every week. We'd throw a party every week. Um, but guess what? We don't have the monies to do that. So, uh, sorry. Um, but, right, yeah, that's right. Y'all need to start giving. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I, love, I love parties. And, and, and just, the, just the truth, y'all are going to party this summer. Y'all are going to go to lake parties. Y'all are going to go to pool parties. Y'all are going to go to bonfire parties. Y'all are going to party, party, party. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Be wise when you party. Okay? Don't do anything that Jesus wouldn't do when you party, okay? Now let's move on. Listen, I love parties. But you see, the thing about, the thing about parties is that there's a process to the party, right? So here's what happens. Just to give you an example, we've planned for this party. And, and just to be very honest with you, like this, this took shape um, a few weeks ago, and, and we were like, man, we could throw a party. It could be a summer kickoff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What do we want to do? And so part of the process to planning a party or to throwing a party is that you have to know kind of what you're going to do, right? Sure. And so we picked Tropic like it's hot. Like, let's, let's throw like a luau type feel. Like, let's do Hawaiian shirts. Let's give you a study break, chill out, all this stuff, right? And so you plan and you prepare and, and you get all the decorations and then kind of the next step is that you invite people to the party, right? You invite people to the party and in fact, I, I love parties so much, I just wanted to create a party within a party. So here's what I did. I invited 25 of you to an all-exclusive party after this service. So here's how you get into the party. If you have your notes, if you have your notes, you have a green ticket into the all-exclusive party tonight. Y'all are trying to find the green tickets. I see, I see. Hey, just, just, all right. If you have a green ticket, I just want you to raise it up in the air. Stand up for me. Stand up for me if you have a green ticket. Yeah. I want you to look around. Shh. I want you to look around. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you this. These are my favorite people. These are my favorite people. They have been invited to my party. They have been invited to the party. All right, you guys can sit down. I want, you to, I want you to look what just happened. 
For real, for real, for real. I want you, I want you, to, I want you to think on that just, just a minute. What just happened? Because here's, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. What happens in our life is we only throw parties with certain people. And, and, and there's, there's actually a problem with that. There's actually a problem with only throwing parties with your favorite people. If we read the scriptures and we see what just happens, what, what happens with the, when you're planning a process, when you're planning a party in the process, you, you start to invite, and it probably looks something like this. You, you, you plan the party right and you invite your friends, and, and, and guess what? You invite your favorite friends. You invite the people that you want to hang out with. And what happens whenever you just invite those favorite people? You have people over here who feel forgotten. Most of you in the room felt forgotten because I invited my 25 favorite people. It was, ex <laughs> you were still going to come. You, Joel would have kicked you out. Um, you needed, needed that green card. Um, so the, the, the reality of this is, is that we, we continue, like, so if we invite our favorite people, and the process probably looks, well, I'm not inviting her because uh, she said this, and I'm not inviting him because he said this, and I'm not inviting her because she did this, and I'm not inviting him because he did this. Or maybe it's the way she looks, or maybe it's the way he looks. They're not invited to my party. They're not invited, and what happens is that we show favoritism. But tonight, H12, here's the deal. In our family, in the family of H12, in the family of the church, in the family of Jesus, there's no favoritism. There is only forgiveness. And I love this story of Cornelius and Peter, and here's why. Cornelius and Peter crossed countless divides as they listened to the leading of God. They crossed countless divides in listening to the, the leading of God. These were two men who walked in obedience, listened to what God told them to do, and guess what happened? Oh, you don't know what happens at the end. I'll tell you in a few minutes. What happens, right? But we need to focus on this part first. We need to, focus, we need to see that Peter and Cornelius listened to what God told them to do, and through this, Peter was able to extend an invitation I'm gonna go back to the part of this story. And in verse, what is it, 20, 28, something like that. Yeah, 28, 25-ish. It's the part of this story when, when Peter's about to enter the house of Cornelius. And Peter enters the house of Cornelius and what happens, Cornelius falls on his hands and knees in reverence to Peter and Peter says this, get up, I'm just a man like you. I'm just a man like you. What if, what if we, as a family, treated outsiders like that? What if we, as a family, accepted people like that? In this moment, Peter goes on to share why. Like, I hope you're aware that you're Gentile, I'm Jew, this is not supposed to happen. But guess what? God has showed me that I'm supposed to accept all. Because he's made everything clean. 
He's made everything clean. And in this moment, because Peter was obedient, he was able to give an invitation to the guests and the family in this house. He was able to get close enough to the forgotten, to the people who weren't invited to the party because he listened to God and he was obedient. Let me, let me, let me explain it this way. Anybody got airdrop? Y'all, got, y'all know what airdrop is, right? Y'all know what airdrop is. Here's the deal. Who's got airdrop and who, who's got airdrop and who wasn't invited to the party? You, come on, come up here. I just want you to stand right here. Guess what? If I was gonna, if, if, listen, if I were, what happened, what has to happen with airdrop? You gotta, you gotta turn it on, but there's a process to airdrop, right? What happens? You think she's gonna get my airdrop when I'm over here? No. No. The thing with airdrop is that you have to be close enough to send them an invitation. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to be close enough. I had to be close enough to her to send her an invitation. But I think what happens in life is that, guess what? We're partying with our favorites over here. This is my crew. This is my, these are my people. But what does God tell us to do? God tells us to go to the forgotten but yet we party with our favorites. What would it look like if you actually listened to the voice of God? What would it look like? Because guess what? This is what it would look like. You would be standing by people who feel forgotten. You would be able to send them an invitation of the hope that you have. But here's the thing, if we continue to party with our favorites and forget the forgotten, they'll never receive an invitation that could change their life forever. If Peter never listened to the voice of God, if Cornelius never listened to the voice of God, guess what? The story wouldn't end the way it does. But because Peter did, he aired, they didn't have airdrop back in the day, you know what I'm saying? You're good, you can have a seat. They didn't have airdrop back in the day. What if you sought after the forgotten? We get to party with our favorites every Tuesday, man. But what if you you sought after the forgotten Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? This room would look different. And I'm going to tell you what would happen because we're about to experience that. If you get close enough to the forgotten and you listen to God and you share the hope that you have, this this is what happens. Scripture says, if you read on, that the Holy Spirit fell in that place and in those people's hearts, and they accepted Jesus, and they were baptized. That's a power of an invitation. And I'm going to tell you something. 
Don't think that you have the power to change their life because you don't, that's God. But you have the power to invite somebody into the party. Let me, let me just sum all of this up. Jesus invites everyone to the party, not just some people. Because here's what I think that happens. Here's what I think that happens. We go through this list and we figure out who we don't want and who we want and all this other stuff. But if you know Jesus, he wants everybody. So we have to get over this disagreement within our mind. We have to get over ourselves because you may disagree with how she acts or how he talks or what he does. But if you know Jesus and you want to live like Jesus, you have to find, you have to find inside of you the love that is required to give them an invitation and an invite to the party because Jesus invites all to the party. What are you to do if you're a follower of Jesus? You're to invite people into the party. You are. You are to invite people into the party. And so tonight, what we're gonna do, because I know this, and I know the power of an invitation, and I know why we invite people to the party, and this is why. Because God is in the business of restoration and celebration. That's why we do what we do. That's why you invite people into the party, because God is in the business of restoration and celebration. Y'all know the green ticket, right? I want you to grab your notes again. On the back of the tear-off portion of your notes, it has one name on it. Because here's what I want you to know. You're all invited to the party. You're all invited to the party. And over these next few moments, and, and I know that I've talked to people, I basically talked to people in the room who had a relationship with Jesus and how we oftentimes hang out with our favorites and we forget the people who need Jesus the most. And, and here's the deal. I know that, that for some of you tonight may be your night. And I want you to know that you have an invitation. This is your invite to join the family of God, to follow Jesus, maybe for the very first time. 